0: you're pretty brilliant i love it so thank you for joining this call so while i think we can go ahead and get get this get started uh, we're waiting for xander to join as well but so a number of topics for today that i'd like to cover Uh, one is the tesla stock fell by five percent today so i want to understand why that's happening and overall in general i want to know from you guys if you think that we're in a debt dead cat bounce um is the recession I'm heading, you know, through a cliff or is it what some people are kind of thinking that, you know, the beginning of this week has been fantastic and things have kind of normalized a little bit. Are we out of the woods? Kathy Wood herself from ARK Invest said that we're definitely in a recession right now. And high level, what I'd like us to do is each of us give advice on how you're approaching investing in today's micro environment. Uh, the cool thing is that I think each of us have a slightly different philosophy of where we're at, and I'd like to to do that. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. So, Christian, um, are we? What, what's happened to the stock? Why did Tesla fall so so high so much today? What's your thinking?
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now. We, we and the last few weeks we spoke about. The macro um issues and just just overall right with the inflation and the fed and the uncertainties so we're in this moment of you know kind of no man's land where is it a dead cow ban you know bounce could it be of course like could we be here for months maybe a year we, we remember when tesla from and you remember this Herbert in the room like what was it 2015 to 29? like it didn't move right it was it was flat as the company was doing great things and that was during like a bu- a bull move for most of that time so I think the key here just just a high levels patience understand um your emotions I know this sounds simple but like I think it's important to, to know what kind of investor you are if levels are breached. You know, think about if you get to a certain level again, are you going to panic and sell out at the worst time? Like, th- these are the times to start thinking about, you know, do I have cash on hand to buy a dip if there is some major thing? So I, I, that's the way I approach it, just, just to remain calm and, and make sure you're, you're, you know what kind of investor you are so you can make the right decisions at the right time.
0: Okay. So you kind of danced around a bit. You don't, you, anything can happen is what you're saying. You didn't answer why you think stock fell <laughs> well, it, Come on. We,
1: we've been over that. Yeah. I could give you a little bit more. I mean, I <laughs> think we're falling because everything's falling. You know, we're, we, we, we bounce up a little bit. You're right. A dead cow bounce. Right. But we came right back down. So we can't build momentum. Okay. So if you want me to get nitty gritty, we can't build momentum until we see inflation start to roll over. So this week, we're going to get the PCE deflator, which is one of the Fed's favorite metrics to look at inflation. If that number is bad again, we're going to run into the same wall we've been running into, right? Inflation's getting worse, not better. We need a report, a catalyst such as that to get this market some traction. So I think that's the number one thing. Can we get inflation under control? Otherwise, we're hostage to a Fed that's tightening more aggressively and they're not going to stop until something breaks or they're not going to stop until inflation comes down where they want it to be and it's very hard for the stock market to move forward in that kind of environment the old saying don't fight the fed okay
0: Awesome. so jeffrey what's your thinking do you have any more more intelligent uh two <laughs> points to add at
1: least
2: no i thought that was a great kind of overview by by christian actually and um yeah, I mean a couple of things to add. I mean, number one, like the, I agree, the PC deflator is important. The only problem is, is it's going to be May data. May May data. It's going to be bad because we know the CPI and the PPI for May was not good. So I think the PC deflator data, while it's that's a good thing to look out for, it's it's probably not going to be good. Can you can we, you explain what that is? Um, it is a. The PCE deflator is 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 basically a. It's kind of like a couple of parts of CPI and PPI. Um, it's not kind of the full thing. It's what the Fed keys in on. It's certain. It's specific areas that they key in on. Um, I don't have them right like right in front of me, um, but it's it's kind of a more targeted metric um, that they look at. But again, it's 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 rear view mirror is my point. Uh, It's May, and we know May PPI, producer price index, and May CPI, consumer price index. They were both, um, you know, not good and kind of surprisingly, in the case of the CPI, a little bit higher than expected. So, but yeah, that's coming Thursday, and it's right to call out that that is a key thing to look at. But again, it's rearview mirror. I mean, I think, you know, you you have a lot of, like, end of quarter stuff happening. Like Friday, you had the Russell rebalancing, you know, um, the Russell 1000 rebalancing. And then today, so this is the third day prior to the end of a quarter. I think the next, you know, usually if you look back at it seasonally, it's not usually that great of a trading day. And it seemed like there was just a lot of mechanical stuff uh, going on. And, and so Tesla went down with, you know, the NASDAQ was down, what, 2.9? And Tesla went down, you know, with its normal beta on top of it uh, and went down with it. So I would say fairly mechanical selling. There wasn't any particular, you know, major news event. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff swirling about layoffs and, and this or that. But um, there wasn't something of, like, you know, less cars are being sold than we thought. Um, so... And I think as as it relates to Tesla stock, I think it's going to be range bound. I mean, obviously you've got the big for Tesla. The big thing is, you know, coming up, you know, probably this Saturday, right, with uh, Saturday or Sunday with deliveries um, for quarter two. Um, So I think it's going to be range bound unless something leaks out. Uh, The other thing is a lot of um, analyst firms are taking their estimates down, which is actually what we want. And that will continue. I think uh, tomorrow is a big day for that as well. We need, uh, and Gary usually has the latest on that. But we need their estimates for deliveries and for you know for then revenue and EPS to come down uh, because I think this quarter is definitely going to be you know out of sequence relative to Q one and Q Q four prior. You know due to the Shanghai lockdowns and due to um, I you know, what I'm concerned about, which is a slower ramp up of austin and berlin than probably planned
0: okay so so a couple points one is that i thought that was kind of interesting what you pointed out that you said that if the nasdaq went down by two or two and a half percent tesla being a beta of two the tesla falling by five percent is actually normal in your mind whereas in some You know, some people will say that, oh, Tesla fell over, over more than more bearish than even the market did. That's that's very interesting if that's the way you explain it, because I've never understood that. So that's pretty cool. Is that true what you're saying there?
2: Yeah. And sometimes it works both ways. Sometimes, you know, and sometimes there's no beta. But I mean, in general, you know, with with some of these high growth stocks and Tesla's kind of starting to like vacillate between, you know, the two camps of. Yeah, yeah, it's growing fast. It's high growth, but it's also highly profitable. Um, so it's not just high growth without profit. So sometimes people continue to put it into that camp with like a, a Snap or, or a DraftKings or something like that. And it's like, well, hey, hold on. These guys are $3 of EPS. This is, uh, you know, this is a very, you know, basically no debt, very profitable company. But again, I think this quarter Q2 is going to be noisy. And depending on what they decide to do, I mean, they have all kinds of, you know, triggers and events that they've got to deal with. They've got the Bitcoin um, issue to deal with. They've got the Shanghai shutdown to deal with. And when you're re- when you're re ramping a factory, you are not running that factory at full efficiency, obviously, and therefore your cost structure is going to be higher. So, I mean, how they show this is going to be. Very interesting. And I just think there's going to be a lot of noise surrounding this quarter. Um, I know they have a um, a tax event where I guess they took, you know, they carry forward um, some losses from prior years. And they ha- basically they have the ability to mm-hmm. carry forward that credit into a future quarter and show it as like a one-time event. It's significant. It's like a billion dollars to the good. Um, I know that they, they could bring that forward at some point. So again, I think this quarter with Shanghai, mm-hmm. with having to re-ramp it, with Berlin, with Austin, and with, I mean, what Elon said on that podcast, the um, Tesla Silicon Valley was like, hey, there's just a number of, of issues going on. To me, I mean, that felt like he was a bit almost warning for the quarter. So that's why I, when I go back to Tesla stock, I don't see it breaking out unless mm. unless this delivery number this weekend is just exceptionally high, like near 300,000 units. Mm. You know, when people are expecting 250 to to 275, if it's if it's much higher, then yeah, then I could see it getting a little bit momentum. But then I go back to Christian's points of like, well, the whole macro situation is going to kind of be range brown. So company could have a great, could have a huge beat on a certain metric and then you know, then Macro steps in and says, well, wait a minute, we're, rates are about to go up. and you know." So anyway.
0: Great, great points about Tesla stock, exactly what I was hoping for. And then when you said the PCE deflator, I just looked it up, it's the um, personal consumption expenditures. So this is the price that people living in the U.S. Um, pay for goods and services. And So you're saying that that's a subset of the metrics that the Fed is looking at and tracking carefully. And what did you say happened? Did it actually um, work well? Or was it a good news or?
2: Uh, No, it's coming out Thursday. Gotcha. Okay. So we're all watching. It's going to be May data. It's going to be May's. It's always in arrears. Yes. So it's going to be May's data.
0: So Kathy Wood said that we're in a recession right now. Um, So let's quickly go through that. Jeffrey, Christian and Xander. What's happening? Are we in recession? Are we in stagflation? What's your opinion?
1: Uh, i'll give you a quick thing and jeffrey made some good points i just want to say it's actually a two billion dollar deferred tax credit that they do have so yeah. they could have used it last year but we're waiting but it's actually yeah it's around two billion i believe yes, yes. but so that's
0: I, I don't understand that what is that the two billion dollar tax so, credit that tesla, tesla has to do what? what where did it come from so they have it to do anything.
1: To do? it's just an accounting thing yes but basically all the losses they made along the way before they got profitable you're allowed to without getting too technical roll that in at some time when you are deemed profitable for a certain amount of time you can use that on the, ba- on, the on the on your on your credit line the credit that goes towards your accounting so i'm not an expert but basically 2 billion dollars would go into a quarterly report that wouldn't be there so it would just show up but everybody would know that that's what it would be so what yeah. it wouldn't be directly what the business did but it would be a a mechanism to like offset, like Jeffrey was saying, the Bitcoin impairment, where they you know they can choose to pull a lever and make make the numbers look a little better. Okay. And as far as your, so basically all you have to know is called the two billion dollar uh, deferred tax asset that they can lo- use at some point, and hopefully they're going to use it soon. Um. So as far as recession, we we've we've gone over this over the last few weeks. So could we be in a recession right now? Absolutely. The Atlanta Fed. Uh, was at 0%. We've already had a Q1 negative, right? Uh, they chalked that up to inventories, right? But it was still negative. So technically, it could be a classic technical recession. Q2 is at 0%, the Atlanta Fed, they just revised it up to 0.3. But essentially, it's flat, right? So you could you can parse it. But essentially, we could be in a recession right now. So when everyone's talking about 2023 recession, we could be in the recession right now. So my thinking is, you know, if, if if the fundamentals of certain companies are good and and the earnings are still there my thing is like let's take Tesla for example if you know if Tesla's demand for these cars in Q3 or Q4 are what we think and a lot of companies are struggling but Tesla has the, the demand because of the ramping of the two new factories and the fact that people really want electric vehicles my thing is it wouldn't matter if we're in a recession at some point, they will trump macro. At some point, Tesla's earnings, because their valuation has come in so much, if the earnings are growing and accelerating, it's hard to keep compressing down when you're when your earnings multiples are going up. So, I mean, your earnings estimates are going up. So, at some point, if you look at the charts, the earning estimates over this year, and this is the first time they've really deviated for this long a time, they're going up vertically and the stock price is going down. At some point. I don't know when I'm not, I'm not a fortune teller, but at some point those two have to come and meet back up. Meaning stock price has to come up to meet the earnings estimates. It can't just keep going down as estimates, especially if 23, those estimates go up near 18, $20, $22, you, you know, unless you're going to trade Tesla at a Ford multiple, you know, you're going to trade it like 20, 30 times, like a regular company, like a Chipotle, you know, forty, <laughs> like. Uh, unless you're gonna do that, right? <laughs> you know they're making robots, Robo taxis, the cars are the is getting better. we all see the videos, we all see the excitement. like unless the market is decided now, we used to value Tesla <laughs> as, the, as the premier technology company, hardware software. now we're gonna you know, uh, we're gonna value it like uh, it's um bad Beth and beyond, right? Nothing innovative happening. So I find it hard to believe. so that's why I'm bullish even in this headwinds of macro. So you have to understand. That eventually it will break. And if you're not in the stock because you're nervous about it dropping another 50 points or 100 points, you're going to miss the move up. Because guess what? Just like everything, once there's a piece of news, it's going to violently break up. And you're going to have to go chase it. So it's better to sit here. You're know you know, you're in a, at a good valuation. Could go lower, of course. But just know all these good things that are coming. And, and what's about to happen so i'm not scared of recession when it comes to Tesla I think that's the company you want to be and because of the pricing power and because of the demand growth and because of the profitability and because of the you know Tesla bot and september 30th they're going to unveil that and and Robotax <laughs> okay, okay, FSD. Okay. so i mean there's so many great things to happen i'm yeah. getting more, as the stock price comes down i know people get scared i'm getting more excited because I could buy it much cheaper it's it's a great oh. deal
0: all right, all right. I love bullish Christian, but uh, okay, Xander. Uh, both Christian and uh, Jeffrey, they kind of they kind of just hedged a little bit. I don't want you to hedge. Tell me what's going to happen. Are we in a recession? Is the world going to end? Is this a dead cat bounce, or is it feeling start? Can I feel start? Can I start feeling
3: good? Maybe it's not as bad as
0: everybody thinks.
3: Hey, um, thanks for having me, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, Christian, as always. Um, and Herbert, I love the way you play uh, the uh, explain-it-to-me game. Uh, w- well done for all the listeners. Um, sure. I, I, I think everything's uh, probably been covered. I, I jumped in late, laying some concrete here. But uh, um, I, I'm, I'm cautious but optimistic. So I, I, I think Christian's point about chasing $50 or $100 off is, um, is a really good one. Um, you know, ultimately if you if you're playing the long game, um, th- this is the time to uh, you know to, to, to be buying for, for the long term. Uh, the VIX continues to oscillate between 35 and 25. and um, you know there's a lot of predictions that this is going to be a very, very choppy year and it and um, you know the market won't, you know even if it breaks out a little bit, it won't continue to go up and like, it'll run away from you. So um, I've been playing the game of, uh, you know, selling at 750 and uh, for for the trading around the edges part, not the core position that stays. I don't touch that, but, uh, and then, and then rebuying it at 700. So uh, it makes me feel good to be active. Uh, So with that part, I continue to do so. Uh, But with the rest of it, I think uh, again, Christian's point was, was spot on. Um, Are we in a recession? um probably and 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 we should be right at the end of the day um your you you can't you cannot print this much money and then start uh, removing it you know by not uh uh continuing to buy um this should have been done earlier and uh, there is a price to pay for not uh you know raising rates uh, sooner than uh, the fed uh, decided to do that so uh there is also talk i don't know if this was discussed but uh Talking about uh, inventories piling up and what kind of deflationary effect that might have, uh, but can that trump uh, energy prices? Um, I don't know. It seems like uh, we, you know, we continue to uh, buy up energy, and uh, and then with July Fourth weekend, I think this, uh, you know, next week is going to be, uh, or next week and a half is going to be uh, a difficult market. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to the moon uh, just quite yet. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, those are my thoughts.
0: Okay, so I want to each of us go through our investing strategy, uh, what we're doing and how we're thinking today based on the macro. So since you were talking, Xander, you kind of hinted a little bit. You said that you have a core position in Tesla; you're not going to touch that. But then you have a you called it in from the edges. What would you say, ten percent, fifteen percent of your core? of your total and then you you're playing that and you're from what i heard you say that you see the you kind of like you're you're playing the rise and fall from 750 you'll sell and you'll buy again when it's under that and you'll go up and down is that what you're doing and you'll keep yeah,
3: doing that. I'll, I'll i'll be completely transparent in the roth yeah. ira i sold uh some some shares and converted it to a leap today uh sound familiar huh <laughs> you taught me that so, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I did that for myself uh, today. Um, obviously took a loss on, on those shares. They were purchased at 1100. Um, but, uh, but I'm okay with that. Cause uh, I'm, I'm playing the, and the, what's the, the leap? long. Uh, the leap is, uh, no, not quite. It's a 20, it's a January 23, 700 strike. So okay. uh, converted about $15,000 of shares and purchased a kind of a short term leap, like a six month leap. Um okay. I, I don't really because it's in a Roth. I consider I consider it a leap, um, uh, but because it's not a taxable thing, it, typically I consider leaps uh, more than a year because it's in my uh, brokerage account, which is tax. Wait, uh, I'm sorry,
0: I'm confused. You said seven hundred dollars because isn't it at seven hundred dollars right now? Correct. I bought an so. at the
3: money leap, so I'm <laughs> betting what? That, yeah, I, So I'm betting that uh, by January of uh, 2023. It will be at least a seven hundred dollars plus the cost of the trade, <laughs> which was a uh, hundred, which okay. was an extra one hundred and forty dollars. Okay, if that makes sense. So it's that makes so but, much but, sense. But, That's like, but but, but but that makes sense to people who understand options. So, but let's move on. Uh, okay. The the, the, the uh, rest of the position is uh, what I actually do is I sell calls, um, so I'm not actually letting go of my shares. I'm just willing to let go of my shares. Right. So. Like last week, I sold uh, 750s and 760s and even some 745s on Friday. And uh, that was a, a very, I, I kept trading in and out. So I, I, I timed the peaks and sell at the bottoms and I just uh, watched the, the, the action and get in and get out. So um, today I almost did, made an, an amazing trade. Right at 749, I, I put in a, a number, but I, but I was too greedy. And, and then it got away from me and then I kept hoping it would turn and, and then I didn't uh, act. So anyway, long story short, obviously selling a call against my shares at the high of the day and then either closing it at the low of the day or just leaving it open for the rest of the week. I was betting that 820, uh, was, was, uh, was going to be the high of this week maximum. Um, I actually thought it was 780, but, um. Uh, you know, I, I, I want them to have a safety net because I don't actually want to get rid of the shares. But if they do go away from me, I can always rebuy. Uh, but obviously, there's a taxable event. But long story short, mm-hmm. this idea that I think we're going to oscillate up and down. It's not like the market's going to uh, take Tesla uh, to the moon just yet. But that point that Christian made um, is, is the part where uh, I accept my risk that it can run with some kind of news. So if it does get away from me, I just have to be willing to, you know, get back in um, at a reasonable time. Like I have a, essentially a stop loss on, on gains by a setting. Like if it gets to 900 and I set it at 8, 820, I'm getting, I'm getting back in. I'm not going to keep gambling that, that it's not going to come back down. So if that made sense.
0: Wow. I love it. Lots of very smart things you're saying and doing. So let me show you what I'm doing. I put blinders on my eyes. I cover my ears. I listen to these calls and talk on these calls just for fun. I do nothing, nothing. All my shares I have are gonna stay there. I'll never show, sell them for five to 10 years. I might you know, sell five years from now, a little bit. And I might buy if I have extra cash, but generally I've already put it all in. And unlike Christian, even if the stock rises back up to $1,200, i am not going to sell like he might suggest and recommend to me, but I'm just going to hold on tight and I don't do anything. So I make zero moves. That's me. Jeffrey, if you're willing to share, what's your uh, personal opinion and what do you
2: do? Yeah, I mean, in these situations, I mean, I think a little bit similar Um, it's just, you know, kind of keeping a core position and then maybe trading. I mean, I've been guilty of not trading enough, enough of a percentage off my core. Like when it got up to 1200, I was probably, you know, selling within like two to 5%. But, uh, you know, recently, um, you know, I bumped that up a little bit more on on some of these swings, you know, in the five to 10% range, but I definitely keep, you know, 90% is kind of a core, uh, position. Um, you know what, I mean, that's kind of what I'm not doing much right now, uh, in terms of day to day. Uh, I, I really, I've, I've been investing for the last nine years in Tesla. That's when I started my position, uh, and been adding to it mostly ever since. So it's, it's, it's net gone up, um, over that over that whole period. So you just have to look at the series of events and catalysts coming up. Uh, Obviously, you have the P&D this weekend, which will go through Q2 deliveries. They'll probably have some statement in there regarding, you know, those deliveries and maybe what they see, you know, in the second half, if we're lucky. Sometimes they're pretty tight on that information. Can I pause you for a second? Production and delivery. Yeah, P
0: and D's production delivery. But uh, let me pause for a second because I understood that that's just the print. They actually won't say anything about guidance until a month from now, uh, the, usually twentieth of July.
2: Isn't that correct?
0: Or are you saying that they might actually give some guidance?
2: Sometimes they put a one liner in there, uh, mm-hmm. either that that either speaks to the deliveries for that quarter, like if there was a challenge, mm-hmm. or you know sometimes you do. But some yeah, usually again, T- Tesla's pretty light on gui- guidance. But yeah if it were to come, it'd probably be with earnings three weeks later. So I think you have to look at the, the events and catalysts coming up. So you have, um, the the production delivery this weekend, you have earnings probably three weeks after that. And then you have the, um, shareholders meeting on eight, four, I believe. And that should also prompt the stock split approval. And, uh, And then the split should be probably within I don't know three weeks of that, you know. Mm Somewhere if you if if it's kind of similar to how they did the last one, so you got to think about those events coming up. And uh, I mean, if you're thinking about making any big moves of like unloading like half of your position, I think you just have to keep those events in mind, you know, coming up. Um, I I, I've I've someone asked me like short term like day to day, I think it's really hard to speak to day to day unless there was a news event that came out that day. But like, hey, why did the stock go up? Why did it go down? Like I, I've always just it's it's you can assign causes, but there's a lot of things that go on in markets that mm-hmm. sometimes that aren't. But uh yeah, just in general keeping a core position and doing some, you know, small percentage trading. But it's it's really it's a really hard stock to kind of time. And uh as you saw in, you know, april and then he saw it in august of last year i mean it literally what did it climb 80 percent from the announcement yes. of the split to the actual split so it's you gotta be careful with this one
0: okay christian um how what how are you trading or not trading at this point
1: so uh yeah i like everyone's take here um i don't recommend this to anyone but i am kind of a gunslinger so I do try to time Tesla stock, and sometimes I do it really well, and sometimes not so well. So, right now, though, I would say I have the biggest position in Tesla that I've ever had in my life. Yes. So, so I am. What, a,
3: what what percentage of your cash is that, Christian?
1: Per- uh, if you, if you 30%. want to share about 30 percent so i'm not all in, not all in. okay but it, it's a significant amount so but 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 it's the biggest that i've had for a long time so it's like we talked before like 1200 i'm less bullish as when we were gotten the low sixes i purchased a lot and i've been adding in the, these areas could it go lower of course but i'm building my position out i also just for the room i do do leap contracts so as we get lower those leaps look better as the stock gets more depressed and just for the room and if if you guys know, remember 2019, the same thing was happening. That was a little different environment because we were actually in a bullish market and Tesla was just banking. You know, it went down to 180, you know, pre-split and everything. And and the the world was falling apart for Tesla. And that was that was your opportunity, right? To start buying shares cheap. The name of the game is you want to get in at a low and and, and sell high, right? This is the, the classic thing. So what do we see that's top? Tesla's going from twelve forty-three to, to a low of six twenty, and now it's just under seven hundred. So this would be on the low side. Could it go lower? Of course. But like like Jeffrey was saying, you can't time it out. And like Xander saying, you know, it's very hard to do all this. So just to sum it up, I am holding shares. I have lead contracts. And guess what? I probably the next time it breaks through a thousand, it's going to be a lot different than it did the first time. It's going to have a lot of valuation support. It won't be trading at 200 times because now it's going to have more, uh, profitability. So it's going to come and, and the stock come in. So you have a, a more understandable PE for a lot of investors. That's number one. And number two, again, you heard me how excited I was when I was talking about it. Like the, the things that this company is doing, I don't care if we're in a depression a recession, whatever you want to call it. Actually, this is the company you want to own. If we're going into a depression, you need robots. If If people are unemployed and people, you need robots to do stuff. Tesla is do. Elon is looking at the world and he's basing the company on what's happening with the world. He sees a population decline. What does he do? He starts with Tesla bot. He sees, you know, the world of cars, you know, ice is out and it's not just electric. He said, it's gotta be electric and autonomous. It's gotta be both or it's useless. So Elon is going for the big game, big game hunting. He's going for trillion dollar markets, Right. And now we're at a six hundred or six, seven hundred billion dollar valuation and we're we're tackling all these markets. And I'm more excited than ever because the price hasn't run away from me. And I've been able now, because I did sell it at higher levels, you know, somehow it worked out. And now I'm I'm able to get this company on sale.
0: Okay, well, uh, you, you're saying so many wonderful bullish things. You almost convinced me. i like to pick on you, Christian, but how can you have 30% sure. only, and you say all these <laughs> bullish things. What, what? Where's the other 70% of Beth, 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 Bed, Bath & Beyond that you mentioned earlier? They're about to go <laughs> no, bankrupt. No. Bed,
1: Bed, Bath & Beyond was one of mine because someone mentioned it uh, earlier. Uh, oh, I think t- that that's because you're investing in it. What? what no, no, I don't invest in that. So uh, if, if you have to know, oh, I, I'm... Uh, before I met Tesla, I was a very vanilla investor. We've, we've kind of gone through the history. I was a basic ETF. I didn't do a lot of individual stocks and I built uh you know uh wealth over time, right? Doing it the old-fashioned way, dollar close averaging for many, many, many years. And, you know, after so much time, you know, you got a nice sum. When I discovered Tesla, that's when I got more involved with company and individual stock picking. So now, um, I I follow the company and I love it. But the reason I can never go all in on one company is Mm -hmm. just not my nature. I can't physically do it. Either you could say because maybe my past, whatever. And the other thing, and I always tell Xander this, if what happens happens, I don't need to be all in to do very well. If my percent that's in does what we think it is, that's enough. I don't need to take so much risk that if it blows up, And I just say that, you know, no one knows exactly what the future is. We could think we do, but there's always things coming out of left field that may not be Tesla's fault. It may be a macro event that that just devastates the whole world. Right. We don't know. So in order just to take some 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 leeway to give yourself some margin of safety, I have a significant amount where the upside will be great. But it won't be so much that I couldn't recover. So that's okay. My uh,
0: so you're saying that you're not invested in other stocks per se, but you are in, let's say, bonds or real estate or other things. Is that correct, or are there other yeah. stocks you're investing no. in other than Tesla? Okay, so are Tesla you cheating like, on Tesla?
1: Yeah, no. So Tesla is my biggest position by far, <laughs> but I do have other positions. I do, I do own Google. Uh, I do own a little company called Lemonade, <laughs> and <laughs> so we could talk about that another day. So I do yeah. have some other positions, and then. I, you know, I'll buy the QQQs or the triple Qs, the TQQ, which is three times leverage. So if the if we keep getting depressed, basically what that is is you could buy the NASDAQ 100 and for every 1%, you make 3%. So if we got to some crazy levels and NASDAQ is down 50%, I would pro- probably buy T-triple Qs, which is basically a leverage bet. On the QQQ three X, so whatever. So if the Q return fifty percent, I'm getting one hundred and fifty percent. So you can make m- magnificent returns, and a lot of people have over the past decade because the Qs have performed. So that's a way to get some leverage without single company um, um, stock um, risk. Okay, let, let's let,
0: let tell me what you think is my risk if I am all in on Tesla. So what could happen? Um, one time, I think more. Omar said, "Well, if a meteor fell from the sky and it hit and blew up, you know, Tesla Fremont factory, then Tesla stock is going to be devastated. I don't know. Uh, well you I know,
1: a meteor, but I, I could give you definite look. Key, I, key I'm risk, absolutely. Goal, I will give you I will give you some definite things to worry about that will okay. keep you up at night, Herbert." Okay, go please. China. Yeah. If the Chinese government for whatever reason, we've already seen it with COVID. It was shut down for weeks. I did not like that. I don't like shutdowns where you can't sure. do anything. So if that happens again and COVID spikes and we get another month shutdown, that's not going to help Tesla. You're, stop. you're talking it's, about the
0: next six months a year. I'm talking about five years from now.
3: Well, COVID yeah. could, could okay. It's going moment, but yeah. Uh, but go ahead. Man. A fire, a fire at a factory that that takes out you know uh, a large percentage of it and is down for. Per-
1: a substantial amount of time sure. we'll
0: build another factory two years from
1: now sure. another country. So right. the longer you go you're gonna win eventually what yeah. i'm saying though is it could it could damage the stock so you remember you were worried about 1200 to 600 well you'd really be worried if you go from 600 to 300 uh yeah right when, <laughs> yes. i got blinders <laughs> on <laughs> i got
0: my earbuds on I'm, i don't care
1: yeah don't care. you got you got it see look here's why look I've read so many investing books from the greats and you always have to be paranoid when it comes to stock, when you're getting so certain about something, that's when you have to check yourself and say, wait a minute. Very true. Yeah. So it's just good advice for everyone in the room. You're look 90% is probably going to happen the way we think it's going to happen, but, but it doesn't mean it is. So you always have to just have that in your back of your mind.
3: And to chime in real quick, uh, I think there's a there's a difference between capital preservation mode and uh, you know capital growth. If you're willing to take the True. risk, right, and you're willing to lose it all and live with mommy and daddy or whatever the case is, even if you're 40, um, then th- that's the different mindset. If it, I think what Christian says is 100% uh, accurate, and that's the, the way that most people should in- invest. Um, I did have a question for you, Christian. What percentage of your current position is still cash at this moment in time, approximately?
1: Uh, it's pretty heavy. Um, it's let's see. I'm probably 55% cash.
3: Wow. There you go. So, so that that is that is the mentality, right? Is isn't is... that
0: the wrong thing in an no, inflationary no, no. recession? cash no. i mean you need enough to support yourself for 2 years but anything above that you're losing money i see tesla Get- as a capital preservation technique cuz if i had it in anything else it's going to lose money
3: including Jeffrey, what's your opinion on on christians uh, 55% cash
2: i think it, i think it's to each person's really it's honestly to their you know their investment style and their and their the life their lifestyle like what they want to do so I, I don't think there's one answer like there's sure. one cash position you should have you know at this point macro and micro with tesla um but i was just gonna i was just gonna go back so first off i, I mean there's not one answer to that question that's really really the answer um i'm a very risky investor i think it, it, it all kind of it all kind of matters like what you know how you fund your lifestyle your future uh and you know what risk tolerance you have and i'm i'm a high risk investor i i always you know have been um and i i go back to tesla in this recessionary environment i i hear analysts talking all the time investing companies that make physical things that people have to you know will continue to have to buy you know even in in tough situations and i see what's going on with the price of oil and i see these conflicts abroad i just have to imagine that people are sitting around you know the dinner table and saying like look like this is really stupid that you know the gas you know price of oil could be you know 150 200 a barrel even this year i mean nobody knows um and you know because i mean china's really coming online right now they've been they've been locked up even parts of beijing were locked up and now they're really coming online so that demand and then you have the summer season, it could really shoot up. So I just go back to um, I I think Tesla's order book, they know they don't talk about their order book. I just have to think it's going through the absolute roof. And they've got so much. they they've got so much demand, and they're they're looking at this Austin factory with you know they they, they really depended on 4680s to ramp that, and now they're trying to turn that tooling around. And trying to bring that factory up on 2170s, and then layer in 40s. I mean, I think they've just got a lot of work um, to do. Uh, But they're going to methodically ramp these factories. So by by bringing up the four factories, they're going to and then having the multiple battery tech technologies where they're lining up their supply base. Nobody, no one OEM is managing it the way that they're managing it. Um, they're they're going to be set up, you know, from a supply perspective, much better than any of the competition. So I used to worry about competition, but now that I look at what the competition is doing, I still worry about it, but I worry about it in a different way. I don't think they're going to get supply for years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think during this rapid growth period where people are really like, like people have not in the United States, people have not seen six and seven and $8 gas prices, Ever I, in their lives. I'm old enough to be in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, and people have never people have never seen it. And then you never know. We could have supply issues coming up here soon. Uh, with with you know, it's not just a pricing issue. We could have, we could start having supply issues with with gasoline. So anyway, I I just look at it in, in this macro environment. I look at what they're doing with earnings growth. I look at what they're doing with revenue growth. And, and yes, they had this one time event in Q2. Hopefully, one time. Um, I, I, I think it's a great, it is a great spot to invest in. Um, but I, again, I look at some of these, these risks and I, 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 I mean, there, there is some concern, right? I think we have to look, we have to study this 4680 ramp and we have to understand what's going on there because that's going to be key to them, you know, producing, you know, required volumes in 23 and 24. Good point, Jeffrey. Um,
1: and just to go back real second for the room, my goal in investing, I want to be bulletproof. So if something occurs coming out of the out of the woods, so to me, Tesla is an asymmetrical bet. Like Tesla is not a company that you're investing in. Oh, you know, I want my seven percent a year return. They're going after things that if you have any significant amount of money, this is a 5 xa 10x over the next 5 to 10 years right you don't need to put in 10 million unless you want to you know make 100 million like if you have a million dollars and tesla does what we think it's going to do you're going to be fine right do you don't you know if someone had x amount of dollars you could take 20 10% 30% of it and be just fine but if and we've already seen it tesla drops a lot 50% On any given occasion, for whatever reason you want to say, the media, FUD, you know, maybe whatever it is, if that occurs, you don't want to be sitting there like a lame duck getting run over 50, 60 percent and you can't do anything because you're already all in. You want that firepower to come in and say, "Okay, the market's giving me a gift. I'm going to take that gift. Otherwise, you're sitting there like a lame duck and just just getting rammed. So I never want to get rammed. I want to be the one in, in in power, and it's an asymmetrical bet. So I don't need to give all my firepower at once. I can sit back and see what the market does, and if it gives me a gift, I can take advantage of it.
2: You want to be the rammer?
3: I I
0: I
2: uh,
0: I'm being harsh on you, Christian, because you're you're. It hurts to listen to you because you're so
1: right, and yet I don't do what you're saying. <laughs> But, but that's okay. Your way is going to work in the long run. Everyone, Jeffrey's right. Everyone has to do what's right for them. For me, margin of safety, yeah. and I want to be on top of markets. I don't want markets to dictate my behavior because I know myself. If I'm all in and I got a significant amount of money and I'm being crushed down 70%, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And guess what? You know the old adage. If you're down 50%, you need to get up 100% just to break even. Let me repeat that. If your stock goes down 50% on all your capital, you need it to go up 100% just to get back to square one. Stop. So you want to avoid big declines. You're hurting me. You're hurting me. I'm
2: hurting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I should have sold at 1,200. Well, sure. no. I mean, if you're in it for the next 10 years, you're, you're, I'm saying for me, I don't want to sit through <laughs> 50% declines. I, 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 I want to be buying 50% sales. Okay,
0: go ahead, Xander.
3: I was just going to say, so like everyone wishes that they sold at 1200 Um, but, but the reality is, you know, your, your method, Herbert, of, of hodling is um, classically the method that uh, produces the best results, right? Um, t- timing the market uh, versus time in the market, you hear that corny saying all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, but that's an important one because the reality is we don't know what the future holds. So, um, yeah, yeah, we all wish we sold at $1,200 and bought back in at $700. But, there, but, but you know, you can't, you can't do that. So uh, the different styles of investing are, are uh, different for a reason. And as Jeffrey said, uh, everyone has to, you know, pick, pick, pick whatever they're going to do. Uh, but willing to learn new things, right? Like you, you're saying you're hodling um, and Christian is is ha- has 55% cash, but a good question to ask is, hey, Christian, are you selling um, puts against that cash, right? So are you monetizing that cash position? Because in your mind, Herbert, you think that being in cash means that you're losing it to inflation. But mm-hmm. if he is selling uh, cash ca- cash secure puts, he is monetizing it and he's making Bank on that cash, way more than uh, than the 8.6% inflation. Uh, if if he's you know being strategic with it. So um, s- same thing with goes with hodling your shares. Are you monetizing your position? Are you, have you learned the? Uh, you know, obviously not not financial advice. You, you really want to understand what you're doing with options. But like selling calls against your position, even in a safe manner, where you, where you get 50 cents per share and you're selling at 900. 900- prikes when you're at 650 or 700, um, you know so, something like that uh, on a on a weekly basis is that is a strategy. You're you're putting your your shares and your portfolio to work. So um, that, that that that's the advice that I give. And and I don't come from a background of finance. Uh, learn all of this stuff on YouTube. So don't listen to me. I'm in the <laughs> you got fantastic advice.
1: That, that's great advice, Zandra. And real fast, the old adage and all the bigwigs were saying a cash is trash. That is completely wrong. Cash is oh, not crap. you need cash to buy assets. Cash is king. So, <laughs> real yeah, cash is king. Right. <laughs> Where's Bitcoin? Bitcoin's down 70%. If you had cash, you could buy Bitcoin 70% cheaper. If inflation is eight percent, I'm up 60 something percent, right? Uh-oh. So you, you know, you are You're hurting. Like, me. You need cash to buy assets, and if assets are declining 20-30 percent a quarter and inflation seven, eight percent for the whole year. Yeah. Your cash is bu- is able to buy assets way more than you were a few, a few months ago. So this whole thing, cash is trash, needs to be ended in the retail community. Having cash is a good thing, not a bad thing. Now, if you just have cash for the last 20 years, yes. But to have cash for like a month or two months in a major downturn, that is the greatest gift to life.
0: Well, that's too bad that you invested so much in Beth, bed, bath, and beyond, Christian.
1: No idea. And you're, no, idea.
0: You're spreading proof. I didn't. I know, I don't know. Okay. Uh so thank you guys. That's great. Please, uh, if you're listening, follow these speakers. As you can as you've heard, they are all incredibly intelligent, um, got lots to offer. So in the last Twitter space that we had, uh, Xander reminded us that there's this little thing that's happening in Eastern Europe, this Russia aggression against Ukraine. And everybody here seems to have forgotten all about that. Do you guys think that the war is already built in and is it, you know, the prices of stocks can can, can now rise even though it's happening? Or conversely, if some reason the war ends, is that going to be a massive jump in the stock market? Uh, what's your thinking, Jeffrey?
2: Yeah, I mean, no, I don't, I don't think the war is quote unquote priced in. I think you have potential after effects out there like, you know, that could be many months down the line with famine, with, you know, you name it. Um, And I I don't, I don't think it's fully priced in. I think it's a big deal. I think there's also, I, I don't think people realize that every time, you know, their head hits the pillow, but we're closer to an accident you know, somebody, you know, doing the wrong thing, right? You know, when, you, mm-hmm. when you're this close in conflict, um, you know, a lot of wars start by, you know, an accident, something happening and we're, we're, you know, we're around the, we're fighting this proxy war or I don't get too political, but, you know, we're around the edges. We're, we're as close to a nuclear conflict mm-hmm. with the biggest nuclear power in the world that we've ever, we've been since the 60s. And I would say this even this goes beyond um, the '60s, just get, given how long, how prolonged it is, and really how far apart um, the parties. I mean, you don't even see the U.S. leading or even trying to bring these two parties to the table. So I, yeah, I'm concerned about I'm concerned about what's happening. I think it's weighed on the markets immensely. Everything in the CPI, PPI, everything. Is centered around energy and the cost of energy. And uh, this has caused great instability and great, you know, increases in pricing, quite frankly. And uh, it's actually making Russia richer in in many respects, uh, depending on what metrics you look at. So, yeah, it's a big deal. It's not fully priced in. There could be more surprises, but. You know, you, well, uh, Zelensky even said it. You know, earlier this week, he's on the record. He's like, "I'd like this thing to come to an end." You know, prior to the you know cold winter setting in. You know, you know, before the end of the year, and uh, that's a good sign. I mean, I hope somebody's trying to put together a kind of a peace deal or package to kind of mm-hmm. draw this to close.
0: Um, Xander, what's your thoughts on this? Xander,
3: yeah, I think Jeffrey nailed it. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there are things that can occur, um, even if it isn't uh, all-out nuclear war, um, which uh, you know we, we should keep in mind. But I guess, do we need money at that point anyway? Um, so, <laughs> yes, you do. Cash is king. Well, <laughs> that's what Chris is going to go bank. Man, he's going to use his fifty-five percent. <laughs> like, I, actually, I think that's when gold is king, but. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I, I think that there are many things that can occur that escalate it, um, you, you know, to where oil prices go uh, sky high, $150, $200 a barrel that we I, I don't think we've seen, right? So um, those types of things can, uh, you know, what's been priced in is what we know. Uh, there are a lot of things that, uh, that can, can occur. What about you, Christian?
1: Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, all the points made, but I I don't worry about, you know, it's, this has been dragging on. I don't think we're going to head for God forbid nuclear war. Like, like at that point, if you like, yeah, that any bet you make on that, it's not going to pay off. Right. It doesn't matter. But short of that, um, this is going to be a grind. It's a war of attrition, but ultimately there will be some resolution, whether it be giving Putin a, a little bit of land or, or some deal, some diplomatic solution will come of it. Um, we see commodities coming down um, uh, I disagree about the gold thing I think gold is worthless it's, it's, it's a metal that does nothing it sits there and it does absolutely nothing um, I think the, the you know everybody this is a, a probably a a, a a a different take from most people the US dollar the United States still now even though China's a rising power China's population is collapsing that they, literally they their old people are dying and they have nobody underneath it. So even though they have a billion for how many people, that population, they're not procreating at all. The one the one of the few countries is still the United States, is still procreating, not as nearly as what we need to, but as as far as the civilized world, still much better. And we got the millennial generation to come up for the workforce. So we still have a, a nice population um, to support our, our 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 GDP. And so the US dollar is still. The world, the U.S. being the world economic power, we got the biggest Navy, we got the biggest economy, we got the biggest military. So as much as you want to say, the U.S. dollar has strengthened. You see Bitcoin, gold's nowhere, silver's nowhere, but the U.S. dollar is strengthened in the last six months to a year. So, you know, dollars, you still need dollars to buy oil, you still need dollars to pay your taxes, you still need dollars to buy any asset, you need U.S. dollars. You can't buy Bitcoin with, with toilet paper, you need U.S. dollars. So and, and Bitcoin is priced in U.S. dollars. So as all these YouTubers or whatever saying, you know, dollars are worthless, everything is priced in dollars. You want to get your Bitcoin, what do you transfer it back to once you're rich in Bitcoin? You, you transfer it back in the U.S. dollars. So let's get rid <laughs> of this U.S. dollars and trash stuff. U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency, and it's probably going to be that way for a long time. Okay. So
3: uh, on that point, I actually... Uh, uh, Herbert, I I want to touch on that. So I learned something that I'd love to have discussion on, and uh, didn't didn't uh, our attempt, uh, the U.S. attempt for sanctions, cause now the uh, China, Russia to settle their uh, oil purchases in something other than USD.
1: There may be something going on with that. I, You might be right, Xander. But the ultimate, look, I'm not saying little things can't happen here and there. But guess what? The Russian ruble is not going to replace the U.S. dollar for anything. You know, Russia has isolated itself from two of the biggest markets in the world, we think, unless they change their behavior, Europe and America, with Asia being the other power. So if China wants to do some deals. But China still has to think of their own economic security. And China is not going to grow the way they need to grow if they don't have Europe and America buying their stuff. Russia is a feeble economy, very small GDP, the size of, you know, Pennsylvania, maybe. It's not going to be able to support the Chinese economy. So what I'm saying is the US dollar still today might. The the fact that our military, our Navy is 10x any other Navy in the world, we're able to monitor waterways and things of that nature. These are important things that you don't hear about on TV. America is still the, the, the world economic and military power. And it's going to be that for a while. And as long as that's the case, the U.S. dollar will be strong.
0: Okay, so if you are an audience member and you want to join in on the discussion, please raise your hand. And what we, what I'd like to do is maybe um, alternate between a question from the audience and then each of the panel members, I'd like to see if you can answer this question, okay? So I want to get back to an optimistic, happy mood. So please get me there. When is Tesla going back to $1,200? And in what scenario would it need to happen? Before that, that will happen. And what date would it happen? Okay, Jeffrey, you start.
2: (laughs) Why do I have to start? Um, I I don't. Okay, here's my first bit of advice. Don't listen to anybody who will give you a date and a stock price (laughs) in the future. Um, Damn it. Don't listen to anybody. I mean, you can have like these six to 12 month price targets. I think those are reasonably founded with, you you know, some analysis you know, behind it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think six to twelve mo- six to twelve months out. I mean, Tesla could easily double, if not triple. What What's the uh, scenario?
0: Tell me how you we get there, and what would have What were the catalysts, and what would be an environment, the macro environment have to be?
2: One, the Fed has to blink, meaning they have to re- you know pu- put the brakes on increasing rates, and maybe even start. You know, they could have. You know, there's a scenario where they could even start reversing some of these increases, but at least put the brakes on. Second, you want some kind of break or some sort of convergence in the in the war on Ukraine. Three, China is you know open and and being a a good you know global player, especially when it comes to Taiwan. If those three things are happening, and the 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 price of oil is probably under a hundred a barrel. And, and the at least heading in the right direction or stable, then you've got kind of the right macro setup. Um, and of course, inflation, right? Inflation, you know, can't be obviously increasing. It has to be going down. The comps are going to get easier on inflation every month we get into this. But I mean, if we're if we're a sustained, you know, six, you know, plus percent inflation going into the end of the year, I think that's not a good macro setup, to be honest with you. I think it's got to get, you know, lower, but I mean, I, I, I would be surprised actually if it's lower. So those four or five things macro, I think micro with relating to Tesla, like, like the sentiment's got to change. Like Elon sentiment actually has to change. He's been, I think overly negative. Um, and so the sentiment around the stock you know, has to change, has the sentiment change. Well, number one, it's going to be putting up amazing, you know, delivery numbers, starting with Q2. If they, you know, if they do something, I would say north of 270, 275, I think it's going to be perceived at least reasonably well. Um, I think a lot of the estimates are in the two, you know, 240 though, to 255 range. Um, I think the, you know, uh, and then earnings, earnings I think is going to be very interesting for Tesla um q2 but i think it's all really going to be about the second half for tesla if they start getting some meaningful sizable growth because i mean fremont had their highest day of, of builds ever i guess last week so they're still growing shanghai is supposed to be growing like north of like 90k a month or something capacity they're both doing uh they're both doing some Capacity, uh, some some uh, capacity build-outs in, in July. I believe there's a couple of day shutdowns, which are, are or are normal. So I think it's for Tesla Micro, it's it's about the second half. You know, Cybertruck can't move anymore. It's really got to get into production, you know, by the call it the first half of, of 23. I know Elon said on this podcast, you know, basically a year from now, which would be in the middle part of 20. It really can't slip. Further, because otherwise you're not going to get any meaningful units out of that in, in in 23. So if those things come together, um, you know, yeah, I I think Tesla could shoot right back up. And then you've got this stock split. I mean, I think it's three for one. Um, it's not the you know ten for one or twenty for one that people were calling for, but it it it's really it's it's no difference. It's just a, it's something to help with the sentiment. Of the and it's also to help with access for options trading, so
3: wonderful, Xander. Um, you, uh, I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic in that I I, I think, um, uh, in the next twelve months, uh, I just honestly can't see it be any lower than than a double from here, um, in, in my mind. Uh, so I think the analyst. Uh, although they're downgrading, you're seeing the downgrade isn't going from like, you know, 1300 or uh, 1150 or whatever, whatever analyst you pick, everything is landing above a 1000. So that to me, is a very good sign of, of, you know, you're not coming down to 700s, you're not coming down to this level, like they were chasing the stock and not they're not chasing it back down it because you know fundamentally speaking it's christian's point um that that what kind of multiple are you going to assign to this growth company it, they will continue to grow um yes the ramp in in shanghai uh, you know even even in shanghai but in germany and austin um is is uh, was a risk and and if it's slower their earnings per share can be you know impacted but um but nevertheless, the, the, the stock re-rating, or excuse me, the, the credit re-rating uh, for Tesla wasn't mentioned. I think that's, that's a key driver uh, that will allow uh, you know, f- funds that aren't allowed to invest in uh, junk status uh, bonds. Uh, so so that, that is something that I think will happen in uh, Q3 uh, or after Q3. Um, I was hoping it would be Q2, but we, you know, obviously this was a, a difficult uh, ramp with uh, with the two factories, and that's what Moody's is looking for. Um, so um, I, I think that your, uh, you know, sentiment is important, but um, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to fundamentals and earnings per share. And if they can pull off some account, uh, uh, you know, accounting. Uh, Things that was that were discussed earlier and surprise uh, on the earnings part, where uh, someone might have forgotten those those elements in their uh, analysis, uh, then then Tesla can outperform and that will c- cascade into a uh, stock split, followed by an earnings upgrade, followed by record uh, deliveries
1: and earnings. Okay.
0: Wonderful, Christian.
1: So I'm. My my, I'm very optimistic. I so, we, okay. th- no. Xander and Jeffrey were great in, in in detailing specifics. I'll just go high level. I believe Tesla, over the next um, six months to a year, call it will could could I don't know double 4 x. And here's why, FSD is getting so good. Everybody and their mother now has FSD. Two hundred thousand plus. They're all putting videos. Everybody now has a YouTube channel. And and the this is getting really good. The world and the media is sleeping on this. I don't know why. But as soon as this gets keeps going and going and going, big money is going to see that the only one that's going to solve autonomy is Tesla. There is no one else. There's no Waymo. There's no Cruise. There's no Zooks. Forget all that junk. <laughs> AI, put that to bed. Tesla has won autonomy. Once the world knows that, that is a game changer in itself. And then, of course, the, the the record Q3, Q4 profitability, like they've been doing, just keep doing this, this, the normal rant. They don't have to do anything extraordinary. 50% growth, just like they've been doing, just, just normal stuff like that. But the FSD is the kicker. Then, once that credibility kicks in, and then you get to see any type of a robot doing anything on September 30th, they're going to say, whoa, okay, this guy landed rockets. This guy's getting cars to drive by themselves. And now he's making a robot. Maybe we should believe him. And once they start believing him, lights out. This can go, you know, 5X, 10X very quickly.
3: And there you go, Herbert. You got your options. Uh, no, no, no. Well, okay. Well done, so Christian.
0: let me share you my thinking. Uh, as always, I'm more right than you guys are. Just kidding. Um, I'll give you an exact date, Jeffrey, exact date that the Tesla stock will be at the minimum $1,200. The date is january 3rd okay so even if all of the uh the macro stays the same okay the war is still there the inflation is still here supply chain issues all that by january 3rd the stock tesla stock will be 1200 why do i say that because that's the date that the q4 print will come out by january uh i believe a number of things is going to be announced and already in progress. So a little bit of a a differentiated from what Christian said, the bot will be demoed on September 30th. I don't think that that's going to move the stock because typically when a company does a demo, uh, most companies and analysts, yeah, sure, that's cool. But you and I are going to go freaking out because we know what's going to happen to the market share or what's going to happen to revenue. But these analysts, they don't do anything because it's just a demo. They want to see it actually sold. Well, by January 3rd, I believe that some big company will already put in a actual order and then for, you know, might not be delivered just like the way they did Semi, but they announced the order. And I think it's going to be SpaceX. SpaceX will say, we're going to buy 5,000 bots and they're going to actually put in the order for that, which will be sold and developed in 2023. So you have the bot, it's actually being sold. You will have Semi actually being sold by that. So by December, you're going to have Pepsi doing more than 25. They're going to have another company saying, I'm going to buy 100 of these semis. They're going to announce that they're going to be able to produce these semis and sell them in 2023. Um, I think you might see the um, Tesla going uh, being announced to be in the Dow, just like when it was announced to be in the NASDAQ. I think that at that point, you're going to see a partnership similar to the same thing that happened with Hertz, I think it's either going to be a large hotel, a a restaurant chain, um, something that announces they're going to do supercharger partnerships uh, or, you know, and all that. And same thing with Robotaxi, as you said. I agree with you, FSD is in the lead. Give it by the end of the year for them to do FSD-wide release. But I think at that point, People are going to start seeing that this is actually achievable, as opposed to now, where all they're still kind of debating whether or not you're even going to get there or not. I think at that point, it will be you can actually see the light in the tunnel. You can see that within six months, a year from now, that it will be achieved, and so people will start putting money, um, some uh, you know, uh, valuing it and giving it some valuation. So those are just some of the things. And by the way, we haven't talked about the gigafactories, as I've been saying that. You know, the, we do know that the gigafactories is a major issue. Elon b- brought that up in the interview with the Silicon Valley guys. He said that, you know, these two gigafactories are struggling and they they have to get them up the ramp. By December, the gigafactories in Texas and Shanghai, uh, Texas and Germany, yes, are going to be up and running and they're going to be, you know, just screaming along. They're going to announce not just, two Gigafactories, they're going to announce four. This is my big bet. So they've, and I, what I. when I say that, I don't mean to say that it's going to be net new locations. They kind of already said they're going to expand Shanghai. They're probably going to announce that they're going to be a second Gigafactory being built in Texas. And then that Gigafactory could actually be for the RoboTaxi, it could be for the bot, it could be for the semi, but there would be a second location in Gigafactory. And then they might announce two more. So. We've already hear heard rumblings that they're gonna maybe Indonesia is vying for it. It might be in Osaka, J- Japan, it could be in another location. But this is the year of extreme scale. He the only reason he hasn't brought this up yet is because of these headwinds, the macro, the recession, and so forth, and because of the struggles that they've been having with these two gigafactories. And once that is resolved, and I think it's gonna be done by the end of this year, start looking forward, start announcing, start building. They're gonna have four gigafactories. You know, if the factory is the product, when they say the factory is the product, what that means to me is that one year you'd make one, the second year you make two, the third year you make four, then you make eight, then you make 16. So it's not like they're just gonna announce just two gigafactories this year. It's gonna be three or four. That's my big bet. So Jeffrey, January 3rd. <laughs> Very oh, i like it <laughs> okay so, so first of sorry, all i well, am wrong well,
3: hold on hold on hold on i Chris gotta is give wrong. you props xander's you, wrong I, and jeff i is gotta wrong. Yeah. i gotta give you props uh you like that? you know there's there's really good points that you're making about uh things that people haven't considered right so additional factories being announced um batteries being scaled at those factories right so uh, some people think uh taxis or or bots or whatever but um i keep thinking of uh batteries just those countries that that can't sell like um like india right like they can't sell these 50,000 dollar cars but they could certainly uh use their local supply chains to um you know build batteries so those are all possibilities, and, and uh, r- respect on your uh, on your outlook. That, that's that's good thinking. Thank you, sir.
1: I agree too, Herbert and Xander. But he, here's what I've been so Elon has been stating over the last few years that Tesla essentially is a production and autonomy, autonomy. And if you listen into the Silicon Valley, he said autonomy, full self. That is the key to the company. That is what makes everything go. That's the the demand lever on cars for the next decade, a car that drives themselves. How many people are going to want that? Autonomy. Everything you're saying is absolutely right. They're all cherries. But autonomy. We're so close. I can feel it. Look, could it be another six months of, of minutia? Absolutely. But it's getting so good. I'm literally... My research, the way I invest in Tesla and I do my research, I've been watching FSD videos. I stopped for a while. Now I'm getting back in it. They're so good. There's so many people posting. I'm like, this is getting so good. And guess what? Once it's so good and it becomes known that it's good, you don't need to wait for everything to happen and the regulation and 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 all you need is one announcement. Like Florida, it's already on the books for autonomous. Where we're Cal, you know, so you can start doing. You know, 10 Teslas picking up people, dropping. That's all it takes, that one little spark, and you're going to light a fire.
0: I love it. Bullish Christian, my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. One day you'll tell us that you've moved from 30% to 50%, okay? Can I get Maybe. you to that, do that? Could be. That could be. That could be. Okay, I'm making you do that, buddy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so I, this is not financial advice. I am wrong. Christian's wrong. Xander's wrong. Jeffrey's wrong. You make your own decision. That's why I like to have this call is because it is... Okay. Well, thank you very much. Since we didn't have any questions today, I think we didn't uh, call it a day. But thank you, everybody, for joining. We do this every Tuesday. We're going to have this uh, talk about Tesla and the economy uh, with these speakers. So, Jeffrey, please join us again next week. You're too golden. I need you to counter against Christian.
3: Yes. Uh, Yes. And me. Uh, I'm an idiot. So I'll defer to you all the time.
2: Uh, these guys are great. I mean, I think it was a great dialogue and, you know, just a lot of, a lot of valid points across the spectrum, just see, understanding how people think um, and why they think that way. Yeah. I, I would invite more questions too, and more people to engage. You never know, right. There could be another interesting viewpoint. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I'd like to shout out a club uh, on, on clubhouse, right. The Tesla universe. Um, yes. This is where Herbert Christian, uh brandon ronnie sad all uh, a bunch of people on uh in the audience uh we we do this uh, almost every day um sometimes it's about nothing but uh, a lot of times uh we are talking shop and and uh come on out and uh introduce yourself and let's uh, let's talk some tesla
0: yeah download the clubhouse app and look up tesla universe okay everyone thank you see everybody thanks guys